0: Let's get right into the Word of the Lord this morning. I almost feel like I should be introducing a guest speaker, but I guess I won't. I'll just go ahead and do it myself today. It's kind of been strange not uh, having guest speakers three weeks in a row, but that's how the calendar worked out for various reasons. So today we're going to continue with the same topic, uh, same title that uh, Chris Losbaugh introduced last week on on the gift. He talked about the gift that saves, introducing the, the grace of God to us and how Jesus came. He was full of grace and truth. I want to continue along that same vein as he shared about the gift that saves, the gift that trains, the gift that strengthens, and also the gift that guides us, being the Holy Spirit of God guiding us. Today, I want to talk to us, uh, share with you from the Word of God, and it's called the gift of confident assurance. How many people could use uh, an outpouring or just a a boost of confidence and assurance that everything's going to be okay? Okay. Everything's going to be good. The future's bright. I'm here today. God has sustained me thus far, and he's going he's to continue to be with me and, and, and to grace me. Now, I really think it's, it's a gift from God that we can function in life with a confident assurance that God is for us. He's not against us, and that he's always coming through for us. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 1, instructs us that faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Now, you just think about that for a moment, that faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. You know, there's many times I, I find myself in life, I'm hoping for something, I'm, I'm dreaming, I have a goal for something, and I know that faith is the confidence in that, but to be honest with you, I, 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 sometimes I'm struggling with, it. Is this actually possible? Is this actually going to happen? I mean, I know the biblical answer. Yes, all things are possible. I know those answers and I know those verses, but I'm talking about what's going on in my mind. What, what, uh, what's racing through my, through my thought processes and, and how to bring that in alignment with the Word of God and to recognize that faith is the confidence that what we hope for, what I hope for, what you're hoping for will actually happen. I'm here this morning to submit to you that we can have this type of confidence because we have a gift from God, a faith gift from God, and it brings about this confidence. So faith, the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen, it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Assurance about things we cannot see. The Bible speaks much about things that have been promised to us, things that are, are to be reality to us, but our natural eyes, we're not seeing it yet with our natural eyes. But I submit to you that not being able to see something is, not, is no reason to be, not believe it. Why well, can't see it. I mean, That could be in reference to what you see with your natural eye, or it also could mean many times we talk about that, meaning I don't comprehend it, I don't understand it, I don't see it. But we can see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen, or, or like the New Living Bibles, it gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So we have a gift from God given to us as children of God that brings about a confident assurance that what I'm hoping for will actually happen and, and it gives me assurance of the things I cannot see at this present moment, that, that they are a reality and it will happen. And the way this comes about is in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says that, uh, tells us that faith comes from hearing. Everyone say hearing. hearing. So faith, that confident assurance comes to us From hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So when we are hearing the good news about Christ, scripture teaches us that faith comes to us. And scripture teaches us that faith is that confidence that what we are hoping for that will actually happen. And it gives us assurance about the things that I cannot see with my natural physical eyes or that I can't see, I can't comprehend it. I'm not understanding it. Enlighten me. So we want to be enlightened, and we want want things to become reality that that we are seeing it, that it it, it becomes tangible to us. And so the good news message about Christ is what brings about this confident assurance. I'm going to share with you some illustrations this morning that happened during a, a very troubled time in Israel's history. It's a good news message about Christ. And during this time, Israel was a captive nation. They were subject to very horrible treatment of the Roman government, uh, in reality, there was a very little reason to be confident and to be assured, even though they were being instructed to be confident and to be assured, to be faithful unto God and so forth. Uh, it was, it was a, a season of time where uh, Israel, they had not heard from God. Some scholars tell us it was approximately 400 years since God had spoken. There had been no, new revel- no revelation brought to them. There were no miracles. Certainly no sequence of miracles had appeared. It was a, it was a very dark dry season. Now, I know none of us here have ever experienced that for 400 years, but I personally have experienced seasons of just feeling like I haven't heard from God or things that felt dry and I haven't seen manifestations of God's promises. And, you know, it, 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 you know, while you're going through a season like that, it can feel like an eternity. But when you get out of it and you look back and I say, oh, yeah, that was three days, you know, or that was three months or whatever, you know. And, but while you're in it, it, it seems very long and very dry and very difficult, but uh, this was a season of uh, approximately 400 years but then in the fullness of time, like you see in many Christmas greeting cards from Galatians chapter 4, it tells us that in the fullness of time that God sent forth his son to redeem us unto himself. And, uh, and so uh, even though there was no revelation and no word, and no miracle now for all these years, now all of a sudden, in a span of just a few months, Gabriel, who is the archangel of God, he identifies himself in Luke 1.19 as, as a, the one who stands before God, and he has come to bring a message. And when he brings his message, he has a very specific message and, 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 and that to a very specific people at a very specific time. And that message that he is bringing to these individuals brings about result, that message brings about the, the, the fruit of it being a confident assurance that God is with us, that God has spoken, and yes, it will come to pass. So let's take a look at it. We'll start, first of all, we'll look at uh, uh, Zechariah. It, it's found in Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 11. We'll look at his encounter with, with uh, the angel of the Lord. It says while Zechariah was in the sanctuary an angel of the lord appeared to him standing at the right of the incense altar Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him but the angel said don't be afraid Zechariah god has heard your prayer i love it. these messages you're going to, one of the the, the the thread you're going to, the common thread you're going to see in these messages to these four individuals is that it begins with, don't be afraid or do not fear. And then it gives a follow-up of why you don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid, and then this is why you should not be afraid, or why you do not need to be afraid. He said, don't be afraid, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. AND HE GOES ON AND TELLS HIM THAT ELIZABETH IS GOING TO BEAR HIM A SON AND YOU WILL NAME HIS NAME, YOU'RE GOING TO NAME HIM JOHN. So obviously he had been praying for some time. If you read the previous verses, it's been a long time because they were up in years and they had been praying for a son, but didn't have one. So they were at that place where they were beginning to lose confidence. They were beginning to lose assurance that what they had been praying for, that God heard their prayers and therefore they weren't sure he heard it and he was not sure he's going to answer it. All of a sudden, out of this season of darkness, out of this season of a, uh, inactivity, feeling like God is absent, Where is God? Is he hearing? Is he answering? The angel of the Lord appears. And this angel introduces himself to uh, Zechariah. And verse 19 is where he makes his introduction. He said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. And when you hear the good news from heaven, it brings about faith which brings about a confident assurance that the things that you are hoping for will actually happen and the things that uh, it gives you assurance about the things you cannot see. So Gabriel is God's messenger. It, it, he, so it's a word from the Lord to him, but it's not just for him. It's also for us today. It, it, it is uh, ministering to our hearts today. I want you to be assured that you may be in a, a situation similar to Zechariah. You may not have been praying for a child or perhaps you have been. Whatever it is that you have been praying for, know that God hears your prayers. In 1 John chapter 5, we're told to God we know that He hears our prayers, and when we know that He hears them, we know that He answers them. So He said, Zachariah, don't be afraid, don't lose your confidence, don't lose assurance. God has heard your prayer, and you He you will have a son. Not you might, you will. That's the message from God to Zachariah. Then we have, uh, later in the chapter, we have this same angel, uh, six months later then, or, or somewhere around six months later, appears to Elizabeth, uh, to, uh, appears to Mary, and it begins in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. Now, I want to take just one short digression here. When you read that greetings, favorite woman, yes, Gabriel said that to Mary, but that is not an historical moment for one person, Mary, the mother of Jesus, The verb that's translated "favored," you are highly favored, greetings, favorite woman, is translated one other time, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 6, when it says that we have been given, we have, God has poured out his grace upon us. It's the same verbiage, from the same verb translated. So we also today, as covenant children of God, have received this favor that Gabriel is talking about. So don't isolate it as thinking, well, that's nice that happened to Mary, but uh, the favor of God is not in my life. And I really can't expect miracles. I can't expect God to talk to me. I can't expect God to manifest through me. Uh, The answer is, uh, yes, he can. Yes, he will. Amen. So you're highly favored. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm highly favored. And so are you. And so anyway, uh, Mary's response becomes quite interesting because it's nothing unlike what we experience today. Confused and disturbed. <laughs> you think if you, don't, don't you just think uh, if Gabriel showed up to you, you're in your private devotional time, and Gabriel, the messenger of God, shows up and begins to talk to you. Don't you just think that would be just the ultimate moment of God that you just think, wow, this is so cool. Thank you, Gabriel, for coming by. And, uh, could I get you some coffee? Uh, you, know, you know, you just be real chill, right? No, I think we probably respond a little bit like Mary. Like, what is happening here? You know, this is what I've been thinking of. This is what I've been praying for to hear from heaven. But now I'm hearing from heaven, and I'm not sure I'm liking it. So she's confused. She's disturbed. You know, why at this time? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm happy to see you, but the timing, is, you know, the timing is a bit off. So Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And he said, uh, in verse 30, the angel replied, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. The, the Favor again. Remember, grace has been poured out on us as well. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the son of the most high. I like the the emphatic tone here. You will conceive, and you will name him Jesus. He will will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Point being, don't doubt this. This will happen. Don't doubt this. This will happen. And I love Mary's response. Mary asked the angel after all this emphatic, he will you will give birth, you'll call him Jesus, he will be great, I'm going to give him the throne of his kingdom, will never end. And uh, Mary says, but how can this happen? How? And then she stated the obvious, I'm a virgin. And we do likewise all the time. In our communication with God, God communicating with us, oh, it's wonderful. I'm hearing a word from God. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I hear you, Holy Spirit. I hear you, whoever it is that may be ministering to you at the moment, speaking to you at the moment. I hear you. I see it with my own eyes in, 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 in the scriptures, the, the written word. I, I see it. I'm hearing it. But how's it going to happen? And then we state the obvious. You're stating you're obvious. You have your reasons for why you think what this word that you are hearing this very moment does not apply to you. And how do we overcome that? How do we overcome that with a confident assurance that that, uh, we no longer consider the obvious, but that we are ready to say, speak on, Lord, have your way in my life? What I do love about Mary here is that even though she's very transparent and she's very honest and she states the obvious, this, you know, this, this can't be like this because, you know, I'm a virgin. And the good news is that here is that uh, the angel answered her. He's, in verse 35, the angel replies that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. So it's going to be a work of the Holy Spirit and the Most High God cooperating together, and this miracle, miraculous conception is going to take place. And so this baby will be born, he will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Then in verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth Became pregnant at her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. So he gave her a contemporary testimony. Your cousin, remember your cousin, Elizabeth, the old lady? The people just call her barren. She's never going to have children. Well, guess what? She's six months pregnant. You know, when you hear a testimony, hey, uh, I, I, I know that you've been diagnosed with this, but uh, your cousin, or your friend, or someone else in the community—they were diagnosed with the same uh, disease, and and uh, they were healed by the power of God. When you hear a testimony, it, it brings encouragement. It it, it opens you up to possibility thinking, well, gee, it happened to another person. Okay, miracles do happen, and so I'm not the only one. So I can expect, I can believe that what God is saying is true. So be open, first and foremost, to the work of the Holy Spirit and to the Most High God uh, working in and through you. And and be open to uh, receiving and being encouraged by what God is doing in other people's lives. So the angel uh, reminded her of her cousin, uh, Elizabeth, and then verse 37 makes this powerful statement for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. So you're here this morning. And we're all looking really good. We're all feeling good. You're here. But there's something in every one of our lives where we're thinking, I could use some enlightenment, I could use a breakthrough, I could use a miracle. A miracle would sure be beneficial in my life right now. A miracle deliverance, a miracle healing, a miracle provision, a miracle restoration, whatever type of miracle it may be, please Receive this as from God today. Just as Gabriel is speaking to this highly favored woman named Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God is speaking to you. He has poured his grace, his favor out on you, and he's speaking to you, and he's not a respecter of persons. He's talking to you today. Receive it today. Nothing. For nothing is impossible with God. I looked that up in the Greek and it simply means that all things are possible. All things are possible. So with God, all things are possible. Now here is, the, here is an important response. If you can practice And purpose and practice to emulate Mary's response. This is where this woman being highly favored, hearing from Gabriel, the messenger sent from God to speak to her. And she went through this process of uh, trying to think. You know, in verse 29, remember, she said she was confused and disturbed, and she tried to think what the, what, what the angel could mean. That's, where the, that's the battlefield. For those of you that are familiar with Joyce Meyer Ministries, Joyce Meyer talks a lot about the battlefield of the mind. That's where the battle's taking place. That's where you're going to win it or lose it. You're, you're hearing from God today. You're 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 wrestling. Your mind is racing. You're thinking about the possibilities. Boy, all, all things are possible with God. All things are possible, and you're thinking, "Wow, that would be wonderful." Wow, God heard Zachariah's prayer. God is speaking to Mary. God is going to be speaking to Joseph, and God is going to be speaking to the shepherds, and He's telling them not to be afraid. And and but then you, then then we begin to list, but but. It's different today. There's so many more reasons to be afraid. There's so many more things to fear and so forth and so on. And that, that's, that's, just, uh, that's really not reality. I would rather be living in today's environment than be living in the environment that, that's being addressed here for Zachariah and for Mary and for Joseph and for the shepherds. They were under Roman rule, and it was not a beautiful place to be living, a beautiful thing to be living under. And so as much as you think is going awry and not going the way you think it should be going, just know that we are a blessed people and we are blessed to be alive and we're blessed to be alive today. And we are blessed that God is still speaking. Amen. Amen. He's still speaking. He's still sending messengers. When you read the book of Revelation, it says to the angel of the church of Ephesus, the angels talking to the minister, to the pastor of the church. So, church pastors are referred to as angels. So, you have an angel speaking to you right now. That was a really weak response. I mean, I, I, I worked hard on that line and that, that fell flat. <laughs> so, receive it. All right. So anyway, let's let's get back to uh, what's really important, and this is uh, in verse 38. Mary responded. Everyone say, "My response is critical." critical. Say it again. My response response is critical. critical. All right. It's critical to you developing assurance, confident assurance that when God has spoken, that for Zachariah, God, uh, don't be afraid. God heard your prayer, Mary. Highly favored one. Uh, you're going to have a child and, and, and so forth. And then verse 38, Mary responded, said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I am the highly favored child of god god's favor has been poured out on me may everything you have spoken decreed and declared that is recorded in the in the scriptures and everything that your holy spirit is speaking to me today may it come true are we in a place can you find a, a, a can you submit to a posture of uh, submission and reception and receive that which the Lord is speaking to you today about a miracle possibility. Beyond anything you can comprehend, you may have been wrestling with it, like Mary was wrestling with it. You may be confused, you may feel disturbed, saying this is really Poor timing. I'm really sensitive right now. I'm confused. I don't understand it. Why am I in this predicament in the first place? Those are those are realities. But let's not camp there. Let's hear what thus saith the Lord, and let's respond the way Mary did. I am. A child of God and God's grace has been poured out on us. It's been poured out on me. I am your servant, Lord God. May everything you have said about me come true. Are you in a posture to do that today? Four of you? All right, let's do it for the sake of the four that want to do it. The rest of us just join, join, join together and say, Thank you, Lord, that your grace has been poured out on me. I am a child of God. I am your servant, Lord. I yield to you. And may everything you have spoken about my life come true. Come true, Lord. Manifest in Jesus' name. And when Mary said this, the angel left her. The angel left her. And of course, the rest for us is history. We know that she conceived. We know she gave a birth to the Christ child. She called his name Jesus, and he redeemed us from our sin. Now, the little glitch here is it's recorded in uh, in Matthew, in in Matthew uh, chapter one and verse twenty. Uh, Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married. Mary is a virgin. They're engaged to be married, as it should be. Sex is for married couples. Moving right along. Joseph gets word that Mary is pregnant. Now, you can just imagine how that would throw a curveball in the relationship. How's Joseph going to deal with this? He knows he's a virgin. He knows Mary's a virgin. But yet he gets word that Mary is with child. And so Joseph has to deal with uh, a lot of emotion. He has to deal with, uh, you talk about Mary being confused and disturbed. I'm sure Joseph was angry, confused, and disturbed. But God met him and spoke to him and ministered to him right exactly where he was. And he was able to... uh, To get it all straightened out between he and the Lord. In verse uh, verse 21 of Matthew chapter 1. Let me begin reading before that. Uh, In verse 18, it says... Do not be afraid. Again, notice the introduction. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. To take Mary as your wife, and the reason being, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. So Joseph was also in a place of being disturbed, confused. He was a a, a good man, and he was trying to, to deal with this as discreetly as possible, but yet he wanted to break off the relationship. But the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Have you ever been frustrated in wanting to break off a relationship? Have you ever been frustrated and confused with uh, people with, uh, with family and, 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 uh, and friendships and with, among church members or within the community, just in whatever realm you want to place it into? Joseph was experiencing, I'm assuming, everything that a, a person could experience in, in that situation. But again, the angel appeared to him and said, don't be afraid. This is a God thing. Don't be afraid. This is a God thing. And so always be open to, the, to the, the possibility of God doing a work in and through other individuals, in and through yourself, even though it may be bringing confusion and, and, and you're, you're not understanding it. When you open yourself up like Mary did, say, I am your servant. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you have said about me come true. But notice uh, the angel dealt with Mary, the angel dealt with Joseph, and it all worked together for the good and for the glory of God. But don't be afraid. This is of the Holy Spirit. So, Zechariah, don't be afraid. Why? God heard your prayer. Mary, don't be afraid. Have confident assurance. This is going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit and and, and by the power of God. And Joseph, don't be afraid. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. And then to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, the the angel appears to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8, says, that night, this is now the birth, now we have the birth of Jesus. So that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of, of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. They were terrified again. The presence of God it, it brought terror, it brought uncertainty. Uh, even though it can, it can be exciting, yet it was very unsettling. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. "Don't be afraid," he said. "I bring you good news that will bring great joy." To all people. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Remember in Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news. And we say the good news. The good news. Tune your ear to good news read the Word of God, hear the Word of God, pay attention to the things of the Spirit, whether it be through worship music, whether it be a teaching and preaching of the Word of God, but make sure that you are uh, receiving an abundance of the good news and not always be receiving an abundance of negative news. If you are in tune with everything that's on our TVs and and podcasts and and live streams and television and radio, if if you are feeding yourself most of the day with just the stuff that's going on in the culture, not that the things aren't true, not that you need to be uh, uh, ignorant of what's going on, but you don't need to be listening all day long to figure out what's going on. When I go to the gym and I get in the treadmill, there's a bank of TVs in front of me, and it'll have some sports, and it'll have CNN, and it'll have Fox News and Fox Business, and then some other, and I, and I watch about 30 seconds of CNN and about 30 seconds of Fox News, and then, okay, somewhere right down the middle, there must be the truth, because they are way over here, and this one's way over here, and it takes me about 30 seconds to get the highlights of the day, and sometimes I'll mention something Nancy about, to, to Nancy about what happened today or what I heard. She said, well, how'd you hear that? And I say, well, but, you know, know, 30 seconds on the treadmill. That's why I only do a couple seconds on the treadmill. It's all I need. You know, (laughs) I got what I needed, but it's it's not good. It's not this type of good news that builds us up. You want to be built up. You want to be filled up with the good news because it's the good news that brings about faith that results in a confidence that what I'm hoping for, that what you're hoping for will actually happen just imagine that for a moment. Just take a moment and imagine with me what I'm hoping for will actually happen. What are you hoping for that you're not giving yourself permission to believe that it will actually happen? Write those things down. Yes, I'm hoping for these things. These are my dreams, but I've kind of put them up on a shelf someplace. I'm not really certain they can happen. I'm inviting you to bring them back off the shelf and put them forefront in your thoughts and in your mind and begin to thank God for the gift of faith, the gift of of confident assurance that the things that I'm hoping for will actually happen, the things that I cannot yet see with my natural eye or the things I cannot yet comprehend in my mind. I'm beginning to have an assurance that even though I can't see it, I can't comprehend handed. I'm beginning to have an assurance that it will come to pass in Jesus name. Amen. That's the good news. That's the good news gospel Four, do not be afraid. And for good reasons, why not to be afraid? That is good news. Confident assurance. Let it be to me. Everything that you said about me, Lord, as a favorite, highly favorite child of God, may it come true. May it come true. God loves you. That's a truth. Jesus came to save you. That's a truth. Jesus came in that salvation work, redemptive work on the cross. The chastisement of our peace was placed upon him so we can have peace. That is a truth. On that cross, the stripes he took on his back, he took those stripes so that our bodies could be made whole. That's a truth. Say, well, I can't comprehend it. Just begin to thank God. Just be humble like Mary and say, I'm your servant, I'm your favorite child. I'm your favorite child. Not meaning I'm more favorite than another child, but I'm your favorite child, because we're all favorite. His grace and favor has been poured out upon us as his children. Read it, Ephesians 1 and verse 6. And may everything you have said about me as your favorite child come to pass. It can be that easy. It can be that easy. Stop striving. Just say, Lord, I'm yours. May everything you said about me come to pass. May it come true. May it come true. And I'm reminded of Gabriel's words when he said, with God, all things are possible. So you are a favorite child of a possibility, a miracle working possibility, all things being possible. God, he is for you. He's not against you. Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that in a very dark season of life for the children of Israel, under much much opposition and in great persecution, in a long season of quietness, no word from heaven, no miracles. No new revelations. A real spiritual dry season, wilderness. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in the fullness of time, you came through. Now, I'm asking you, Father God, that right now, today, you're coming through in this congregations, in their lives whatever is represented here from grief pain loneliness any and all sickness or diseases financial challenges relationship challenges discouragement being gripped by fear disappointment and perhaps even thoughts of suicidal thoughts I thank you, Lord, right now for a breakthrough. Just as you broke through into Zacharias' life and told him not to be afraid, that God heard his prayer. Know the day that God has heard your prayer. As he came through to Mary, he said, it's going to be a work of the Holy Spirit and by the power of God, but this is going to happen. And it did happen. The comfort you brought to Joseph when he was confused and distraught, And wanting to break up the relationship. You comforted him. You reassured him that this is of the Holy Spirit. And this is what's going to happen. And this is what you will name him Jesus for. He will forgive you of your sins. He'll forgive all of us of our sin. And Father, for the shepherds you came through and you told them not to be afraid. For you are bringing bringing good news that brings confident assurance. And it brings great joy to all people. So, Father, I thank you for a joy to envelop our hearts. Envelop us, Lord God, with a confident assurance as we hear the good news. And may we say yes to the glory of God in the highest heaven. May the peace on earth be present in our lives, Lord God, as of the reality of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father touch everyone's heart here Lord you know where they are in Jesus name now you identify what it is that you've been struggling with and I want to encourage you to just take a moment just going to pause for a few seconds and I want you to just take a moment and, and to go ahead and respond as Mary did when Mary said I am the Lord's servant may everything you have said about me come true you speak that to the Lord concerning the thing that's weighing heaviest on your heart. And then thank him for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you have your heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment, perhaps you're here today and you've, never, you, you've, uh, you've heard about this Jesus. You, you're hearing more about him the birth of Jesus at the Christmas season. But, you know, what we saw here this morning is that the reason for Jesus' miraculous birth was for his ministry on the earth, and that is to forgive us of our sin. And he went to the cross... And he shed his blood to cleanse us of all of our sin. And the Bible teaches us that the wages of our sins is death, meaning eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If you have never received the gift of eternal life, you never said yes to Jesus, be it unto me. I'm going to give you a moment to do that this morning. Eyes are closed. Just between you and God this morning, would you just quickly raise your hand if you're this and you'd say, I would like to be included in the prayer that we're going to pray to receive Jesus, the greatest gift of all. Is there someone in here this morning that you like to join together with us today? Anyone at all? Thank you, Jesus. All right, I don't see any hands raised. So I trust that you have already made that commitment. And so praise God for that and continue to believe. That everything God's word declares about you will come true. He's not lying to us. He's not a God that he should lie. Amen.